1: Welcome back to the Elenials podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And sadly this week we will not be joined by the voice that makes soul moist. Yeah, I was I was touching my desk
0: here and it, it feels so dry. Normally <laughs> when Marcus shirt, is on it, it's just it, sopping wet. <laughs> my shirt bone dry right now. Yeah, the desk my is like made of wood, nothing. so I'm glad today because it should not be sopping wet. Wood you should, not, is you should not get
1: wood wet at all. Don't get wood wet. Well, so, Seth, it's been a little while since we talked, and a lot of things happened uh, yeah. over the past week. I feel like um, we never talk. <laughs> well, the most immediate thing that comes to mind is the fact that uh, your boy, your best friend in the world, the man you admire most, uh, John Bolton, was fired from the White House. Do I even remember who John Bolton is? Is he the guy with the mustache? Yeah, that's mustache guy.
0: Okay. Yes, my friend. He um, was the one who's
1: always screaming to go to war with Venezuela and Iran. Yeah, and isn't that why he got fired this time? Because he was oh, too man. into war. It's so fucking. Well, apparently he apparently he's the one who leaked the whole like Trump was bringing Taliban leaders to Camp David to talk or whatever, and it fell apart. Um. But dude, I was reading some shit and apparently Trump just fucking hated John Bolton and they fought all the time. And at one point, Trump was like, was like going, they were having a round table discussion about something about like a country and it got to John Bolton and Trump just interrupted him and was like, let me guess, John, you want to nuke them all?
0: Yeah, that's what I, that's what I I read. (laughs) So everyone knew that John Bolton was just horny for war. And so so horny that even Trump was like, "You gotta tone it down."
1: Yeah, I guess that uh, I guess that the failure of the Venezuela coup uh, kind of put him on the wrong side of Trump. Man, I'm so ready for
0: Jack Ryan to get there and solve Venezuela <laughs> for us.
1: There's also a, a, a anecdote about how when Trump met the Prime Minister of Ireland or something like that, he turned to John Bolton and was like, "Is this one of the countries you want to invade, John?" <laughs> Hey, hey, I don't like Trump a good bit. <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, Seth. If Trump was purely president in just a comedic sense, like we will end up be comedy president, he'll be killing it right now. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I think if 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 we were to
0: look at him from from the from like the top down, I'd say so. But he's not actually a funny guy. He's just like he makes some
1: funny ass posts on Twitter, though.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I, the thing is, I don't know if he's funny or if he just, is just it, crazy. Like, wh- where's the line? Oh, he definitely
1: has a higher crazy-to-funny crazy, crazy to funny ratio is way off the charts, That's for sure. True. But occasionally, it's like, goddamn, no president has ever said anything this funny in public war. So, I guess, credit, I mean, you, you gotta laugh. Someone hasn't seen Obama's correspondence dinner speech. Oh, Christ. Yeah, the thing that got us into this whole situation because he made fun of Trump, like... Yeah, that's yeah true. that went well for us. That's true. It was a good burn, though. It, it, it might have <laughs> been worth it burn. for the burn. Listen, he did it for the vine, and it was great. Vine. But like so many things that are done for the vine, it ended in tragedy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the biggest scale tragedy a vine could end with, honestly. <laughs> I'll never forget the vine of the guy who's like... Do it for the vine! And he jumps, like, does a vertical leap into the air as a car plows right underneath him. But he's a little bit too low, and it just, like, snaps both of his ankles. it's like, yeah, that's what happened to us, basically. Suicide's badass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. how it is. But, yeah,
0: our, our, uh, our war buddy, John Bolton, has lost his job. We'll see what, uh... What private sector firm scoops him up?
1: Oh, yeah, he'll be giving something for sure. Yeah, he'll get some. No problem. He'll get some compensation. Also, Seth, there's been a second
0: 9-11.
1: Already? Jack Ryan? Mm-hmm. No. What? This is, this, this is a real 9-11, so okay. It actually happened on 9-11, 2019. You didn't hear about this? No. Trump's going to ban vaping. Oh, yeah, the Vape 11. All the vapes are going to go away. What are well, we going to do, Seth? They're
0: banning flavored e-cigarettes so i guess you can still get the regular nicotine ones which is to kind of defeats the purpose of having these these flavors and everything um, i was
1: saying the whole point was to sell it to kids or whatever yeah exactly we
0: want more kids smoking um, oh yeah just go kill yourselves have you heard the great twist is that people who are addicted to vaping and jeweling are now turning to cigarettes to stop their addiction <laughs> Oh, what sick irony it's all become one big loop in that in the span of i mean i'm gonna say jules i'll give it a year but as far as like being really mainstream probably six seven months mm-hmm. jewel has gone from oh yeah that guy he used to cigarettes now he's Jules, whatever to everyone Jules all the time and they jewel so much that it's as far as we know way worse for you
1: yeah like aren't people like really already getting
0: cancer from it and shit They did have the first ever uh, jewel-related death, but it was not related to the actual nicotine that somebody had gotten a a cartridge that wasn't, um,
1: like, I guess it wasn't, it was laced with something, and it uh, Mm -hmm. it killed them. Yeah, I hear that all these, like, crazy, like, cotton candy and strawberry flavors or whatever, like, are just, like, totally have no FDA approval and just, like, can have whatever in there. There's actually a cream corn-flavored one as well no um, fuck off i did i found
0: this uh i have some friends who vape a lot and they were trying they were trying to they're trying to tell me they like just say a food and i bet you there's a vape for that and i'm like okay cream corn and they lit it up and there was a cream corn vape so
1: yeah they just they bring did. on the fucking meteors just end it all fuck this i mean you just smoke cigarettes yeah at least they also, look cool yeah they do look cool can you get a creamed corn cigarette though that's true not yet. Maybe that's maybe that's what we should do. Is we should all these
0: cigarette companies should step into making flavored cigarettes. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, because I mean, no matter what, like I don't smoke cigarettes, and I don't think smoking. Obviously, smoking cigarettes is very bad for yourself, but I still think smoking cigarettes looks really cool. You like, listen, when I see people do
1: it, I'm like, damn, that's cool. That guy's a cool guy right there. Oh, He's smoking a cigarette. Every character on Mad Men, cool. <laughs> now our pipes, cool.
0: Pipes can be cool, but mm-hmm. some of the people who smoke pipes, and you know who I'm talking about, are <laughs> the worst people you'll ever meet in your life, and you wish they didn't have the the lung capacity to smoke a pipe ever again.
1: Oh, man. How about cigars?
0: Uh, it's another thing. We're like, there's some... I, I actually used to be a member at a cigar lounge, not to brag, um,
1: but... And y- you have never smoked one, have you? No, I have smoked a cigar. Oh, well, how was that?
0: It was... I mean, I don't know. I, I got the beginner cigar because the people were like, what do you want? And I'm like, whatever is the easiest thing because I don't know what this shit is. Um, so it, was, it wasn't it was bad. It was like a big cigarette or whatever. I was like, okay, this is maybe not for me. But you get some types there. The mo- Most types of the one I went to was like older guys who were like probably just trying to unwind after a long day. And I was like, Cool. Um, But you do get some types who are like, they just walk around like, oh, yeah, you actually got to have this type of this and this and this casing isn't. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, please. You're the worst. You know what? Honestly, every type of people, there's bad ones. I mean, (laughs) what are we talking about here? People who do anything at the very least, 10, 20 percent of the people are are just bad and you just don't want to be around them.
1: I like the idea that some cigars are easier than other ones. Like, the idea of sucking smoke into your lungs is hard. In terms of small objects held to your face that that are apparently require skill to use, I think cigar is lower than harmonica. Well,
0: no, it's more like, you know, how, like, what's easier to drink? A beer or Jack Daniels? You know? I mean... To me, neither. <laughs> they're
1: both horrible.
0: I know, what I'm saying, but if, if I'm saying literally, what's easy to drink? A PBR or straight Jack Daniels? It's going you PBR yeah. because it tastes more like water. Point. Cigars have the same thing. Some cigars are just heavier, like they literally are heavier, like in your lungs, so it's just mm-hmm. harder to smoke. It's for the seasoned veterans to go smoke. People who
1: have real PTSD from Vietnam. <laughs> People whose lungs are just completely fucking coal black at this point. Exactly. They just they just don't don't matter but so speaking of uh the worst person oh no um i have an update on our friend from Liberty university okay some hot local gossip from uh back here in the homeland uh so something interesting happened last week with this this person
0: mm-hmm.
1: um this person is a teacher at the local school mm-hmm. um, to teach seventh grade god i hope no and, one listens to this <laughs> And apparently, there was a teacher, a uh, parent-teacher conference last week with uh, a girl in this class, and this, this, this sterling, this proud, this uh, uh, a champion of Liberty University, uh, stood up and slammed his fist on the table and said, I am a prophet of God, and I'm going to fix you. Wow. <laughs> At a parent-teacher conference? and a parent-teacher conference What did the parent part of this say Um she does not speak much English apparently so I don't know if she understood what just happened Wow Um so we've got a we've got a fixer in the neighborhood well, pro- More importantly a prophet of God lives among us Yeah a <laughs> prophet of God And it just reminded me of this of this person because I recently saw an email from Jerry Falwell Jr. that was sent out about um, students at Liberty University. And the Falwell family—they they're the ones that own Liberty University, correct? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Um, who he mocked, and I'm going to quote directly from uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. He mocked the students on the campus, calling them social misfits and retarded. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm once again bad guy. Great bit. <laughs> That is very funny. (laughs) Making fun of your own students. Making fun of people who, you know, gave you all this money and knowing that there's literally nothing they're going to do about it. (laughs) He called them emotionally imbalanced in these emails. Um, He also took some shots at his own staff. He called the Dean of Engineering School a bag of hot air who couldn't spell the word profit. And this this school is just churning out profits, apparently. <laughs> well, this is the other kind of profit stuff. This is the capitalist profit. Oh, profit! Yeah, and then he also said that the the campus chief of police was a halfwit who was easy to manipulate. Wow. <laughs> so this is what he thinks of his, of his students and the people who work for him.
0: So is he getting cast on the new season of Righteous Gemstones? <laughs>
1: Oh, what a great show that's just making fun of people like him. Yeah. And
0: it's one of those shows that goes to prove, and it's kind of the same thing with this guy is once you've like reached some kind of status within the the Christian community, you can't do any wrong. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's people who are gonna spin this Jerry Caldwell thing as something oh, it's like, you know, hey, it's something, you know, blah blah blah. God this, God this, Bible verse. And it's the same thing that happens on that show and it happens in real life when you hear these mega church preachers try to um, defend while they have a million dollar private jets and how they're not how they don't not, not just duping people all the time. It's it's the same thing and it's it's so funny that the religious people, the ones who are supposed to be the, the, supposed to be the most pure and you know really see that they can see evil in somebody, don't see that they're being taken by evil people every day.
1: Oh yeah. Just to go ahead and make it clear to everybody, uh, Ilinials believes that evangelical Christianity is a blight upon this earth, and it will be stamped out.
0: Yeah, and I think that Joel Osteen looks like a fucking Walmart bag full of like <laughs> medicine balls. Like he's got
1: a serious horse face. He's got a horse face
0: and a fucking horse personality. Actually, yeah, no, horses true. are cool. Actually, he's fucking he's awful. And all those fucking like, do you remember that show that used to come on every day on ABC Family, The Seven Hundred Club? Mm-hmm. You remember the show? You know what that remember that show it. was about?
1: It was Wasn't just it like televangelism.
0: Yeah, it was just five old rich Christian guys arguing about the 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 hot topics of our time, and it was awful. I have no idea how it was on TV for so long. Who wants to watch yes. that?
1: I believe it's still on TV. Is it still on? I think it has its own channel now. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure it has its own channel now. Because like when I see stuff like The View, I can
0: at least understand when people watch it. Because sometimes on The View, there are actual conversations that happen. People, mm. people, you know, they have interesting takes, and they talk to each other, and they can get heated. The 700 Club is just the most boring people in the world who already have everything they want in life, and nobody's trying to take it away from them. Just make just saying a bunch of stupid bullshit, and it's like this. It was like it would come on in between like a bunch of shows that kids would want to watch. So you did, might have to put up with watching this for like a, a couple, like an hour, if you wanted to get to the shows you actually like. It was the stupidest shit in the world, and it's one of the main reasons that I hate people like Joel Osteen and I don't even know the rest of their names. All these fucking televangelists and evangelical preachers who travel around the world, make millions and millions of dollars, and live way beyond the means that any god would ever want you to and claim that it's all because they're a prophet
1: and it wasn't even it didn't have the dec- decency to be interesting or entertaining to watch yeah it's just a bunch of old people sitting around in chairs you know having like quiet discussion yeah, i mean the camera almost like, never even moves yeah it's, and it's like you you want kids to watch this or you want people to watch this come on
0: but hey, apparently it worked. They have their own goddamn channel now. So what the fuck do we know?
1: Yeah, that's true. But like, it's like remember remember shit like that back in my day, like Bible Man and Veggie Tales. Bible Man and Veggie Tales. I remember them vividly. Yes. What a dark chapter in our society's history.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say this, and I mean, I can get I can get canceled all I want, but Veggie Tales had some songs that slapped. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm not into the whole telekinetic vegetables, um, get me to believe in God, but like, where's my hairbrush? That's a fucking (laughs) slammer
1: of a song, so, (laughs) you know, I gotta go with my heart (laughs) on this one. Oh my god, I think that, uh, VeggieTales are still around, right?
0: Probably. I mean, it, it is not expensive to produce those,
1: those cartoons, I recently saw a clip from what someone said was a later episode of it, and the quality has gone down. Mm.
0: Probably probably some animators wanted to unionize and got cut.
1: Oh, speaking of unionization, have you seen what happened recently, Seth, with the unions? I mean, you gotta be more specific. It, more and more stuff's coming out every day. Well, I'll let you take the big news about the UAW.
0: UAW. United
1: Auto Workers talking about. That's correct. So, from General Motors.
0: So, yeah, we're having, um, I mean, it, it's it's out there. There's a big strike among auto workers in America. One of the groups that is prob- probably the most underserved while being uh, apparently one of the lifebloods of Amer- actual American production. And they've it's finally reached a boiling point, and now there's over... Uh, the stat I, ha- I have here says there's over 49,000 workers um, doing a walkout at General Motors right now,
1: nationwide. I believe this is the largest strike in a decade, right?
0: It has to be. I mean, 49,000. We don't have stuff like that very often. Yeah. So, and it's great. Yeah. And so, I mean, as people know... The auto industry in America is, like I said, it's one of the, the only production industries we have left here, um, as far as large scale production with lots of workers and um, products that are supposed to, I guess, kind of be emblems for our for our um, society. And you know, people really look up to, or people like hold these Ford and Chevy and like General Motors products as like like symbols for for um, the American dream and stuff, kind of. So. But more and more, these uh, plants get cut. Um, they get worse benefits. They lose workers, so there more people are having to do, or less people are having to do more work. And it's not it's not an easy job. Obviously, making cars is uh, very labor intensive, and people who do it deserve their compensation, and they deserve to have enough people on the floor to you know make sure that something catastrophic doesn't happen. And uh, you know, more and more, these places are kind of turning their backs on workers. So now they're turning their back on the workplace.
1: Yeah, and it's um, it's one of those things where we have, as a country, just kind of forgotten the power of strikes. And when you mention strikes, there are certain people who get really mad about the idea of workers striking because they're assholes. Yes.
0: Um,
1: it's like, I see people who are, like, commenting with stuff like, oh, they're going to replace you with robots, or stuff like, I bet you all voted for Trump, and now you're walking out... And it's it's just it's just like people cannot understand the idea that everyone deserves a a good you know a, a, a living wage first of all, but also they deserve especially for a job like auto worker they they, they deserve a, a a decent standard of living off of that. Everyone should get that, but they're just like oh yeah, go ahead and walk out. They'll replace you with a robot. And I'm thinking to myself, if they haven't done it already, they're not going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Also, who's the guy writing this tweet? What
0: incredibly uh, human-centric job does he have where he can't be replaced?
1: I'm imagining people who write that live in their mom's basement and haven't had a job since they went to college. Exactly.
0: And also people who are like, oh, I bet they voted for Trump and now they're walking out. That's kind of a good thing because it's showing that they're, they're the, the people who did vote for Trump, you know, a lot of working class and you know, people who in these flyover states, um, farmers and uh, like laborers um, are realizing the ramifications of voting for Trump, and they're going to turn on him pretty soon. Like farmers, especially, are getting fucking tired of Trump. So that's going to be a big swing for him, if he if or swing for the other side if we can get farmers to vote against him.
1: And it must be said again that most people did not vote for Trump. I don't mean they voted for Hillary. I mean most people. Did not vote to begin with. And then, of that portion, of course, like, 70% of America did not vote for Trump. So it just seems like a, like a, like a very unfair assumption to make about people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, all power to the, the, the workers, uh, U- solidarity with UAW, we're with you.
0: Yeah, more power to
1: the
0: uh, auto workers. Um, yeah, I hope we see and- more strikes and more. More unions. I mean, unions are becoming a hot topic these days, and it's really cool.
1: Well, Seth, speaking of unions. um, We've got one that's up your alley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you have you backed up on Kickstarter before? Yeah, a couple times, once or twice. I use Kickstarter all the time because a lot of like. I do a lot of tabletop RPG stuff, and a lot of RPGs get their funding through Kickstarter because it's a great way to sort of, you know, connect uh you know, people who want the thing with who can make the thing and otherwise would never get the money for it. Um, so I've used Kickstarter a lot. I mean, I've, I've been an avid user of it for years. And recently, though, did you hear what happened on Kickstarter? No. They had three employees who were uh, organizing a union in the workplace, and Kickstarter fired all of them. Wow. Um, just let them go. And here's the really shitty part, in my opinion. They They said... We'll give you your severance if you if you agree to sign an NDA and not talk about what what happened.
0: Well, how about you sign these nuts?
1: Oh, they, they every, all three of them turn it down apparently. Yeah, and so they are you know fired, no severance, no uh, unemployment for the moment, and are trying to survive. Um, but they're not giving up on the idea of unionizing Kickstarter. And, I mean, to be fair, what Kickstarter did is a definite violation of the the Labor Relations Act. Like, it is. You can't fire people for wanting a union. That's in the fucking law. Yeah. But who knows if they'll actually sue and take it up to the NLRB. Who knows? But the really interesting thing here is there is a Kickstarter that I backed uh, a a while back here that I really liked for a game called Lancer, which is a... Uh, mech game, you know, set in the future. it's a, it's a tabletop RPG. Oh, so it's not um, like the Western. No, it is not. Okay. No. Um, it's a it's a game about giant robots fighting, and it's a a, a game with the central sort of like uh, structure in it is a socialist government mm-hmm. that you sort of revolve around. No, it's not perfect, which I enjoy. It's not a utopia. It's not perfect. Um, so there's still plenty of conflict to be had, but it's nice to see that in fiction for once. Um, Lancer made four hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter, way, way, way above what they were trying to make. So you know they had like stretch goals and stuff, and they paid people more and all that kind of stuff was pretty cool. Um, they have agreed they will they will not use Kickstarter again until this until these people are rehired and they get their union. Wow. So they are the people who the people who now to be to be clear the people who were fired from Kickstarter are not calling for a boycott of Kickstarter. Uh, but they, but but some creators are calling for the ones who can apparently are calling for this this boycott. So, it is interesting to you if you think that's a that's a good thing to uh, um, take advantage of. I would recommend checking out the current affairs piece "We Stand With the Hit Charter Union," which is about this. And you know, maybe not, maybe don't pledge the hit charter, uh, don't get any of your money while you your anti union.
0: Yeah, I mean it's um. I think more and more it's going to become a, uh, a point where, like you said, like I'm—I mean, not that I, I'm not super avid on Kickstarter. I do I do stuff every once in a while, but like at this point, you know, I'm not going to do anything until they resolve this issue. So I think that, um, yeah, this is going to become a point where people are like, oh, this company won't let you unionize. Well, we're not going to purchase your stuff, and you know, it's it's good if this makes the, if this makes change. Like if oh, Kickstarter is like, okay, you guys can unionize. But at the end of the day, that's just them making an economic decision. It's just them be, actually still being driven by capitalism. Honestly, when stuff like this happens it makes me be like, maybe we don't need Kickstarter anymore. Maybe a new, maybe we need something new. Because the same, if, even if they allow unions, the same people own this company, the same people who didn't want unions in the first place, it's not like they've actually changed their views. They're just making an economic decision. So it's, st- everyone, it's still like sticks in my crawl as like you know, unions are good. I'm glad they're being allowed. But is anything actually changing if you're not changing the people?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And it's just a matter of, I mean, unions are good and we need to fight for them. We need to have them, but people can't forget that unions are just, um, I'm not going to say they're a bourgeois because they're not. I think that they are, they're inherently proletarian, but they are just a stopgap. They are a, a, a buffer between you and capitalism and, which helps us express our power, but they also are not revolutionary. They're not going to lead to the wide systemic change we actually need. Not by themselves, anyways. Yeah. Um, but they're an important foundational piece. But I, I always support the union for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Everyone. I mean, workers should you know
0: be able to unionize, be able to talk to each other, and be able to uh, fight for what they want. Because I mean, then if you don't, you get stuff like the stuff that's going on with the General Motors, yeah. and that's obviously not a good look, so.
1: Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, by the way, that I have a story for you, Seth.
0: All right. Tell me.
1: Once upon so, a time. Once upon a time, I had a job. Uh,
0: wow. Humble brag.
1: At, um, I work uh, at, in higher education, we'll say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we had, um, I, I specifically work with a department that handles like uh, enrolling students that's my overall sort of division Mm -hmm. we had a big division-wide meeting this last friday and i'm sitting there at work and it's one of those kind of things they call it a retreat but it's just you know six hours of sitting in a a big you know uh, ballroom listening to talk about whatever kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. and i'm listening to our new vice president give us a, a talk about the future because we are currently in case people don't know America is currently in the longest de- decline in college enrollment numbers we've ever seen. Um, in eight years, we've seen enrollment numbers decline nationwide uh, every year. So hell yeah. colleges, are <clears throat> colleges are in trouble. It? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I say my job, depending on people coming to college. <laughs> um, so that's like, what are we going to do? How do we fix this? You know, What's the solution? So have you got any ideas for how we fix uh enrollment numbers going down forgive
0: all student loan debt and get rid of student loans and make college free
1: yeah that's an idea uh instead what they came up with was we're going to throw money into marketing and branding and coming up with some new slogans and some new uh recruitment you know drive for the college i work for and we're also going to expand into new markets and with new programs. That's right. Education is a market. Don't forget. Everything is markets in capitalism, including education. It should not be a market, but here we are. And our new, do you want to guess what our new demographic we're going to target is?
0: Demographic? Yeah. Dep- knowing what the school you're talking about, I don't know Jewish people? <laughs> 50-year-olds. Oh, the one, the, the comebackers.
1: Yes, fifty plus.
0: Wow, people who
1: don't, people who whose kids are out of the house and have they have extra income now. They don't really, but they they think they do. And yeah, that's going to be our new market. It's trying to get old people to come to come back to college. I'll say this,
0: and I'll say this a hundred percent sincerity. If anybody has ever wanted to go to a college, and they were they were choosing between a couple of them. They had them laid out on the table, and the decision came down to the slogan. You don't need to go to college, okay? No. You have failed already. Mm -hmm. I could not tell you the slogan of any college ever. I don't know the alma mater. I don't know anything. Mm -mm. Like, anybody who is like, you know what? I really wanted to go to to this school, but I chose this one because the colors are uh, green and red. That's a terrible color combination. I don't know why I said that. But yeah, I chose this because it's green and red. You are an idiot. Oh, Santa Claus Academy. Yeah, Santa Claus Academy. Uh, or North Pole U. Um, mm-hmm. uh, NPU. Um, <laughs> but yeah. any like that is, I could not give a shit about the branding of a college. Oh, or the branding of most anything. I make my decisions solely based on I don't know. I really don't know, honestly, what I make my decisions based on. But it's never, like, branding. I will make a, I will make a decision if a place has a good website. I like a good website. Yeah. Uh, most colleges have
1: terrible websites, though. So. Well, uh, we also apparently did a study on students who left the school and did not come back. And it turns out that 80% of those students still went to school just in a place that was within driving distance of their, of their parents' homes because rents are too high.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Of course. Then, what, whatever could be our solution to this.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, when it costs $4,000 a semester to live on campus at the school that I work at. Um, and and then we also talked about how we're going to exploit the 50-year-old market and stuff like that. And we're going we're gonna to get them to come back, on kind of stuff. And we're going to grow. We're going to grow because the last time we got our, our enrollment numbers, we got a 10% budget cut across the board. Mm. Um, which was terrible. It was bad. And... So, then came the question and answer portion of the segment. And I, you know me, Seth, I had to raise my fucking hand. Of Um, course. And my question, which I thought was pretty reasonable, was how do we reconcile the idea of continuing to grow when real wages haven't risen in about 40 years, and a lot of students are seeing their older siblings and friends... Go to college, get degrees, and get out being unable to get a job going to pay their student loans back in a reasonable amount of time. You know, you got people with biology degrees working as baristas and shit like that. Yeah. So how do we square those two things? And the guy was like, I think what you're asking is, are we setting students up to fail? And it's like, no, that's not what I'm That's not asking. what I'm asking. Right.
0: No, shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> that's not what I asked. Really, I just wanted to say it in front of everybody. so said everyone else was thinking it too, but he went on to say stuff about like how we need to make sure college has better intangibles. We need to make sure the experience is worth, you know, the money. And The only like thing career. college is worth is the experience. Okay? <laughs> the degree gets you nowhere. I had fun for four years. That's all. Yeah. It's you. You're paying to have fun for four years and delay your entry into the job market for that much longer. Exactly. And so, uh, and yeah, we need to do like more career services where we connect students to jobs after school. And it's just like, it's leaving out the fact that a lot of these majors that are pushing so hard, like IT, computer science, and nursing and whatnot, are being increasingly proletarianized. So, their wages are going down, right, across the board, at least for these like jobs, because more people are getting those degrees and seeking those jobs so employers can charge, can pay less, right? Yeah. And it's more competitive, and so, it's literally just, like, it's, it's, it's setting yourself up for a situation, a vicious cycle, basically.
0: You know what you should have done, though? Hmm. When he, like, you know, redirected your question so it was something he feels like he can answer? You should have hmm. put on a fake mustache, ran to the other side of the room, raised your hand and said, You didn't actually address the other guy's question, sir? <laughs> can, you, can you please answer the question? I'll repeat it if you need me to, and then you repeat it verbatim.
1: Oh, Seth, after I asked my question... The people at my table, which we were like assigned random seats, they acted like I had shot someone. (laughs) (laughs) No one made eye contact, I mean, for the rest of the fucking meeting, dude. It was insane. Wow.
0: And that's probably what you expect because there are people, and I mean, you know this better than almost anybody, there are people who are in denial. (laughs) Yes. Who think
1: that everything is a-okay. That's what I was thinking watching this fucking presentation. I was like, we are not going to be able to grow our enrollment numbers when, we, when the a recession is on the way. It's just not. The recession never fucking ended. we are not going to go up. Eight years of declining enrollment? Does that sound familiar? Does that line up with some dates for you? It, oh my god. It just pissed me off so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, people are stupid <laughs> and capitalism is dumb.
0: And the fact that our that our education system has to be directly tied to capitalism is one of the biggest problems with it.
1: Yeah, all this talk of like markets and exploiting you know new markets and stuff like that, oh you know you know what other big scheme for getting more students is? Oh, tell me. International students. oh yeah, that's a big scheme. I know In I know time, firsthand. In a time when America is cracking down on immigration, we're going to get more international students to come to, to come to school. Oh, let me tell you the, gr- the grand scheme that is international students coming to your school. You want to hear
0: this? Okay. So, sure. here's what it is. What they do is, they get people um, from, you know, other countries, you know, India, Africa, Asia, all these places, to come to school in America. Uh, most of the times, you can't really get... Um, reliable student loans so either you're paying out of pocket or you have student loans that you have to pay off very quickly with high interest rates so like i know one of my coworkers, she's from ethiopia she had to pay off all of. Her, she did her her uh, grad school in america she had to pay off two years worth of loans in one year and she had i mean she was li- li- living off of like you know nothing at the time because she had so much debt from that what they do is they get you to come here and make you pay all this money and then um, it used to be an okay deal because you could at least get a decent job in America or go back to your country do whatever you wanted. But now we're because of Trump we're ca- we're cracking down so much on um, people getting um, jobs off of their um, OPT, which is the visa you're on once you graduate college, where you have uh, two years of unlimited um, work access or unrestricted work access. We're cracking down on people who can get the or who can get jobs those kind of visas because. Um, they have to pay more for those kinds of employees. So basically, we get them to come here, take, you know, $40,000, $80,000 from them, and then we give them no job and then send them back.
1: That. that is incredible.
0: And it's an it incredible way for the American education system to make money, and uh, also an incredible way to degrade human beings um, who are just trying to look for new opportunities in different places.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I've heard people on the internet, like conservatives and some liberals, complain that we have a brain drain problem. That we're bringing them to American schools, educating them, and then sending them back to their countries to, to put those skills to use in other countries. And therefore, we don't make any tax, you know, profits off. Or we don't make any we don't profits. No tax revenue and no profits. They don't work for American companies, right? So the American companies suffer yeah. because of this. Purely capitalist. And I'm thinking to myself, as they say this, like, because you set up the perverse incentives to bring international students to America and then not let them stay here to contribute to the society that educated them what do you think is gonna happen?
0: yeah it's it's an uh, incredible scheme on their part to just to, it really just fucks with people and uh, yeah it, it's it's bad I mean I know I know uh, a pers- a girl who um, just graduated. Um, with a degree in biology, uh, a 4.0 student, never made anything below an A, made some, made, made it in the top percentile on her, her MCATs for medical school, could get uh-huh. to a medical school because she's an international student, and now she works as a public school teacher in the Bronx, making $50,000 a year.
1: And so fucked. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is insane how badly we're treating
1: these these immigrants now after we take all their money. It's, it's fucking crazy. And so if I'm, if I'm correct on what I'm, what I've heard in the law, she does have two years and it's back to her country, right? Oh, I mean, you have two years unless you get hired full time and get an
0: H1B visa, In which case then you have, I think hi do I don't, I'm not sure how many years H1B was, probably like three or four or something. And then you have to, then you have to get into the green card process. If you want to stay any longer than that,
1: but don't we only give out like a couple hundred thousand of those a year? Yeah,
0: it's getting harder to get H one B. It depends on what kind of job you have, and you know, obviously, like quotas and stuff. It's getting harder. It used to be, it used to be very easy. Which is people are like, oh yeah, well, it used to be so easy for them, and they they got all the jobs. And now there's no there's no white people in tech anymore. And it's like so now this is their big countermeasure is just to try and make all people who are from other countries not get um, good jobs. And
1: so I yeah. Mean, I, ain't, I ain't been to Silicon Valley in a while. It's been a minute since I went and ch- since I you know I jetted out there and checked the situation out on the ground. Yeah. Uh but the last time I looked around it was still pretty much white people. It's pretty white, but I mean all I mean
0: tech companies employ a lot a lot, especially Indian people. I mean every, any that's one thing I've noticed because 'cause I've lived in Atlanta and in the Charlotte area. Um any any big city that has tech jobs huge indian population so many indian people work in these tech jobs and it's good i mean they they come here they they worked for it and they wanted this job and they got it and it's just exactly how that's exactly what america is supposed to be about and but now all of a sudden we don't want those people having jobs and then like you said they leave and they're like oh now all this american knowledge is being put to you somewhere else it's like
1: yeah because you won't let them stay here right it's like this is they're just trying to make a living and from my own perverse point of view, that's actually good because we spent centuries, you know, raping and robbing and whatever, and taking whatever was nailed down from their countries. It's only fair they get to take some knowledge back to their countries and do what they can with it. Yeah. Even though I'm sure most of them want to stay here and, and where, you know, conditions are, are, are better because this is the metropole. Um, there are folks I know who had a chance to stay in America and went back to their country because they were like... I need to give back to the people that America stole from for so long. And you know what? I respect that. Yeah. That's, that's a very respectable decision. Oh, by the way, Seth, uh, because I hate myself, you know what I did last week? Oh, please tell me. I watched Democratic debates. Oh.
0: What knowledge did Joe Biden provide you?
1: Oh, did you haven't ever, you ever heard about his many, 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 many great statements he made during the debate? No. He said stuff about how uh, black people don't know how to raise their kids. Mm-hmm. And so we need to send social workers into their homes to help them out. And how do you help out black kids, Seth? You want to you know what the best thing you can do for black kids is? Please. Leave the record player on at night. Wow. The record player. This motherfucker player. said record player in 2019. Which
0: is, I mean, kind of sadly on point because records have actually outsold CDs this
1: year. Um, but not probably among the people he's talking about. Right. Because Joe Biden's big thing is that people, black kids don't hear enough words when they go to school. So they don't, they don't get exposed to words, learn language skills. And so that's his whole thing. But Seth, in that same sentence, he also almost said the word phonograph. Wow. Joe Biden's old as shit. At one point, a woman brought up a quote that he said back at uh, 40 years ago about how he didn't feel responsible for what his dad and grandfather did to black people. And he fucking laughed. He laughed! Wow. That was his and whole no response? One, well, no, he answered the question, but when she started off the question, he laughed at her. And no one said a goddamn word about it. You know if Bernie Sanders had laughed when that question was being asked, he would be out of the race right now. They would have fucking yeah. destroyed him over it. But no, Joe Biden gets a pass. Um, but the really fun part was the debate started off when them talking about health insurance. The moderators asked Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren about, it basically the question was, uh, why is Medicare for all so evil is going to kill everybody? And they had to like, defend against that, and then they did, not, they did not let them talk for the rest of the fucking debate. Really? I think Bernie Sanders spoke for maybe six minutes total, and I think four of those were in the first ten minutes of the debate. Wow. Um, But some great moments were Kamala Harris, definitely high as fuck on quaaludes, just (laughs) saying, dude, I've never seen someone so obviously drugged out on a national stage before. Like, she was just leaning on the podium and being like, Joe, 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 honey, instead of saying what we can't do, how do we talk about what we can do? And the crowd was like, yeah, this is great! I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That was the dumbest shit ever. Yeah. And then my favorite, my favorite bit though, was when, do you know Julian Castro? Vaguely. Yeah. He's a no hoper in the race, but he just fucking took it to Biden, dude. Just absolutely wrecked his ass. really. Because Joe Biden was talking about his public option, health insurance or whatever, where you can like opt into the public plan, which is going to be shitty as fuck. And it's going Everyone's gonna hate it, and it's, they're gonna legislate it into oblivion. And he was, and, uh, Julian Castro was like, you know, you, you shouldn't have to suffer for getting cancer, and then get the, you know have the bills between the time you got cancer and the time you got on public option. And Joe Biden was like, you won't have to do that because you'll get automatically enrolled. And Julian Castro was like, Joe, ten minutes ago you said you'd have to enroll in it. So which is it? Did you forget what you said? And Joe Biden just short circuited, dude. It was amazing.
0: I'm sure he gave that stupid ass smile and was like, hey, hey I'm Joe Biden. I'm cool. <laughs> um, if, I, if I was ever to be able to ask a question at a Democratic debate, you, you know what I'd ask? What's that? I'd go to the podium or the microphone, or whatever, and I'd say, uh, this question's for Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden, when young thug said, "Okay, my money way longer than a NASCAR race," I told her, "Keep going. Only gas, fuck the brakes. Only here for one night. Let me put it on your face. Let an inward word nut only way I go to sleep." What do you think that means? <laughs> and just, I would just like to see his reaction. Um, and then Bernie Sanders would would pop in and be like, "I'm just talking about, buddy."
1: <laughs> I've heard this. Did song. you actually? did you see joe biden he understands black people no you didn't see this that happened uh, about two days ago did he use the word obama he didn't well he he called him rap rock obama which is pretty great okay (laughs) because apparently he's been instructed to not say obama's name on the on the campaign trail so he fumbled and called him rap rock obama
0: i don't understand what rap rock obama means
1: no one does. Seth, he's stupid. He's an old man. He's senile. Yeah. Um, but he was giving, He was telling a story, and this is the one I've heard before, and when I first heard it, it was written down. And I was like, this is stupid. Joe Biden is making stuff up because this is this is the dumbest I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, he's at a pool in Wilmington, um, I don't know, Maryland, or wherever the fuck it was he grew up, and he's talking about how back in the 60s, he was a lifeguard at a, at a pool at a segregated community. Because he wanted to learn about black people from this, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I'm about to tell you, Seth, is 100 the truth of what he, this is the truth of what he said happened. Okay, that he was a lifeguard, and there was a guy who had come to the pool who was a gangster named Corn Pop, mm-hmm. and Corn Pop was bouncing on the high dive, and Joe Biden said something like, "Hey Esther, get off the diving board or whatever. You can't do that." We gave it, we gave it we had this weird aside about pomade hair uh, cream and all this kind of stuff. It was ridiculous. Wait, was Corn Pop okay after that sick burn? N- no, Corn Pop died instantly, and that's what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh No, apparently Corn Pop got off the diving board and said, I'll see you outside. And Joe Biden goes to talk about how he talked to the mechanic, who's the only other white man in a 500-mile radius, apparently. Of course. Who... Tells him that he's got to do something because if he doesn't, they'll never respect him. He can't just stay in here until until nighttime and then leave. Yeah. They'll never respect you again, Joe. So you know what he gives him? What? He gives Joe a length of chain. And Joe Biden goes outside to his car and there's Corn Pot with two, three guys and... He was like, oh, remember how back in the day they used to take these straight razors and they'd like scuff them up and leave them in rainwater and get them rusty so you get tetanus from it. I'm like, my brain is exploding thinking about this right now. Yeah. But he's telling this to a group of black kids. This is what happened to him. And he was like, listen here, Corn Pop. I'm sorry for calling you Esther, but I'm not sorry for throwing you out of the pool. Now you can come try and cut with that razor, but I'm going to wrap the chain around your head. And I'm like, and then apparently Corn Pop... Not only accepted the apology, but then provided protection for Biden for the rest of the summer. So Joe Biden somehow got his tough guy quips from the
0: later Die Hard movies, despite (laughs) the fact that they had not even come out yet. So, interesting. Um, You think that Joe Biden loves
1: the Has Fallen movies? You think (laughs) it's like it's just the only movies he watches? Oh my god, dude! I mean, apparently he loves West Side Story. This is what it sounds like. This is out of you know, like he watched Grease and and West Side Story. You know,
0: there's a line in London Has Fallen. I haven't seen. We've seen Olympus Has Fallen. I haven't seen London Mm. Has Fallen. Apparently, there's a line where he beats up some brown dude and is like, you know, go back to what the fuck a stan Ahmed or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is we should we should we should watch that as part of our Jack Ryan series. Yeah, and
0: um. You know, the weirdest thing about that story you told me about uh, Joe Biden is that apparently at the end when he was walking away, he whispered in his breath, I had sex with 600 women before I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, really, really weird story. He, he had to put that detail in for some reason when he was talking to the black kids.
1: I was like, what? Well, well, this isn't appropriate. And you should see the kid, look on these kids' faces, uh, They have no fucking clue why this yeah. old
0: man is telling them the story. These kids are still puzzled by the fact that Netflix made a show called Russian Call. It's not about oh, Donald fuck
1: Trump. God damn it! Uh, That's all they're thinking about. That.
0: That's all anybody's thinking
1: about, honestly. Okay, but Seth, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. The show is named that because it's a Master Oscar doll uh, ref. No, I'm not getting into this with you right now. What I'm really trying to say is the story Joe Biden tells is a lie. Obviously. But. It's the most made up story ever. For a moment. Let's imagine that it wasn't a lie. Yeah. Okay, every single step of this story just makes Joe Biden look worse. Yeah, if you're going to lie, tell a lie that that makes
0: you look good or cool. I just want to see a a, a season of The Wire put through a a Joe Biden translate machine and then remade because I feel like every no. character would have incredibly stupid names like Corn Pop.
1: Yeah. Instead of Bonk, it would be Bink. Yeah, Bonk, <laughs> Bonk. It'd be, uh, uh, Mac Nol- Mac it would be Mac It and we have like two extra U's in there somehow. Oh no, he wouldn't have an Irish name. It would be his name would be Williams or something. It would be <laughs> Williams. Something normal. Joe Biden, he just he, he doesn't understand Irish people. But they're not real yeah. to him. Oh, no, there's Williams and uh, Johnson and
0: all the all the black characters would be nowhere to be found. <laughs> oh
1: yeah bunk is a white dude now um but okay so yeah this story is insane and i cannot believe joe biden thought it was a good thing to tell at at the swimming pool or whatever corn pop i can't get over that and yet he's still polling the highest amongst older black people really yeah he's maybe beaten everyone He's had like 40 percent
0: maybe corn pop told him he was real
1: i don't know i can't explain this Oh, somebody uh, actually went and dug into the newspapers of Baltimore, or, or sorry, Wilmington, and found out that there was a guy who died in 2007 whose nickname was Corn Pop. Wow. Um, and I'm like, and then they dug this up and they posted it on the internet. And, and my response is, yeah, I've seen photoshops. I've, I've seen a couple of those in my time. Yeah. It's all good. But the thing is, people in the old times, they had really lame nicknames.
0: It's true. It's true.
1: Like over that that guy, what's his name over there? Uh That's Porkchop.
0: Okay, Porkchop's a cool name. Calm down.
1: <laughs> uh, that's, that guy over there, that's Ball and String. Ball and String. You're still saying <laughs> kind of cool ones though, to be honest. <laughs> that guy over there, his, his, name? his name, his hoop. Hoop, dude. Cool names. Stop. <laughs> okay, fine. What's up, Ringworm?
0: Okay, that's better. <laughs> that's a bad one.
1: <laughs> oh look, it's Pink Eye.
0: Pink Eye. Yeah, you're just naming diseases. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're right i'm on parasites uh, for some reason look
0: there's sars he's a new one
1: he's a new one <laughs> no no there was a it's like that video where they found the first ever dab by accident it's like that someone just named a guy sars back in the 60s and had no clue that it was going to become relevant yeah. one day um we call this so guy yeah. Forest gump disease <laughs> so fuck joe biden yeah fuck um, joe biden can't wait for him to be gone not so just you got anything you want to you got any? oh go ahead i will say gone not just from the presidential election we're just gone oh yeah joe biden please delete your account in real life yeah please uh, do just go ahead and do that for us um so if you got anything you want to talk about any any topics that have been going on in your world
0: no man i've got no topics i um i'll say as being a uh, being a movie fiend i haven't
1: seen it yet
0: i'm waiting i'm waiting a week or two but uh Knowing that Hustlers is the the number one movie at the box office makes me happy because it's a movie about people who steal from the people who call it the 2008 financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And that's just great. And I think it, it's... Uh, movies like that are, are you know, as, as as maybe as dumb as it may seem to some people, it's going to be fuel in the fire. The more people see these movies, the more this stuff is, you know, seen as acceptable. and The more that this is like, oh yeah, these people did fuck us over and they're getting away with it. Um, I think it's going to, you know... Kind of equal, more and more open to a revolution so you know good on hustlers i've heard it's a very very good movie i'm very excited to see it
1: now curiosity does it have any relationship i mean with in terms of like staff or like uh, makers to the big short and the other guys i don't think so i think this one is um
0: as far as i know is a more um female focused cast whereas you know big short was an adam mckay thing
1: I meant, like, in terms of, like, writers or producers or anybody along those lines. Probably Oh, not, no? actually, um, we, y-
0: you have a, you have a fucking good eye for this shit. Oh. Producers, Will Ferrell, Adam McKay. Oh, shit. Same guys who did
1: the fucking, uh, big short. See, I knew it. I knew they're having some, cause they, they're obsessed with that shit. Yeah. And they should be. Yeah. dude. <laughs>
0: I agree. But yeah. Good, good job on that. That's actually, uh, that was, that was a good pickup. But yeah, um, yeah, the Adam McKay and Will Ferrell did it, and yeah, that's cool. They, they Adam McKay is kind of on this um, this a weird kick of like yeah, the financial crisis was fucked up, and uh, people should pay for it. Yeah. So
1: so that's pretty cool. So yeah. Oh yeah, Seth. So real quick, I have a question for you. Uh huh. How do you feel about uh friend of the show Ben Shapiro's opinion that rap music is not really music?
0: Okay, so I have two things about mm-hmm. this. Um. One, and I guess this is weird considering how much I know about the guy, I had never heard Ben Shapiro's voice until a couple of, like, an hour ago.
1: How'd you feel about that?
0: I think even if he was smart, I w- there's no way I'd be able to listen to him. I have no idea how people do. Because he sounds fucking annoying. And uh, two, he decided to present his argument against rap music as uh, an argument from his dad, who has a, a doctorate in listening to music, apparently. And he's mm. like, oh, so uh, music has to have harmony, melody, and uh, I don't know, rhythm. rhythm. And uh, rap only has one of those things, so it's just, uh, like, rhythmic speaking, and therefore it is not music. And the interviewer, I don't know if the interviewer actually likes the guy or if he's just laughing because of how ridiculous he's being, but the is like, interviewer's kind of had enough of it or whatever. Um, and it's, it is so stupid that he thinks that there is someone out there who has the right to say what is and isn't music or what is and isn't art, which is something we've talked about in this podcast several times is that no one is allowed to tell you what is and isn't art. And just because you, you could study it for eight years of your life, like a fucking idiot and you'll still be a
1: goddamn idiot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. He sets forth this definition of music, which I'm not sure is the actual definition of what music is. I don't think that anyone, there's a, a consensus on that just yet. There probably never will be. Yeah. But it's it's a, it's a, it's it's how uh, uh, Ben Shapiro debates people is that he just explicitly defines these terms, these are what they be, what they mean, and nothing else. And I'm only going to argue on that, and I will not redefine my core you know concepts at all. And it's a kind of debate style where everyone hates it because you can't prove them wrong. But also, they're not right. Their their goal isn't to be right. It's just to make you argue with them until you get tired of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's Ben Shapiro's whole thing is he gets these, you know, 13-year-old Minecraft players to believe everything he says because he gives them the idea that you don't have to be—you don't have to be— Theory proven right you just have to think you're right and that's all that matters
1: oh but uh you know the you know the rapper ti i assume right
0: yeah he was actually in the 2006 movie atl
1: oh, so <laughs> did you see what happened with him recently no so they had have you heard of blexit
0: yes it's like
1: black brexit yeah it's like it got to start when Kanye West was into it, and then he got out of it, and he's, like, t- trying to, like, disown the whole thing. Yeah. But Candace Owens is still a part of it, you know? She's, oh, like, yeah. the, uh, the token, you know, black female conservative or whatever. Um, recently, they were at this, like, B- Blexit talk or whatever, and it had people on there, like, the panel on her, like, her, the people I know are her, Killer Mike, and T.I. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she's talking about, she's, like, it's, it's like, Make America Great, for black people again. And T.I. is like, no, no, that's not what the fucking slogan is. It's make America great again. And he's like, and I want to know from you right now, what era was America great for black people? Like, what era are you trying to replicate? And Candace Owens just whines and cries and sputters and never answers the question. Yeah. Yeah. So good on T.I. for finally fucking just like calling her out on this shit. Good on the star of ATL to really uh, (laughs) call her out.
0: Watch The Righteous Gemstones, guys. It's a great show.
1: a fantastic show. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, Candace Owens sucks. And it always sucks in my head because there's this really great uh, WNBA player slash like basketball personality named Candace Parker. Mm-hmm. And every time I see Candace Owens, I think it's her for a second. And I'm like, damn, I hate Candace Parker now. Then I realize, oh wait, different person. I can still like Candace Parker. So, okay. But every time I get confused for like a second and I'm like, no! But yeah, Candace um, Owens sucks.
1: Yeah, she sucks. Uh, by the way, my TI story is that one time I yes. was going and getting some uh, some pizza at a local pizza place that was a pretty big in the town that I was at college in. And while we were sitting there trying to eat, there was a guy in the uh, in the restaurant who was just drunkenly shouting at the top of his lungs, T.I. got shot. I would never do that. I'd rather die than get shot. And just would not stop saying it <laughs> over and over again. And it was killing me. And it's still funny it to this Turns out day. it was T.I. Who was the weirdest <laughs> part. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Yeah. Remember, everybody, T.I. got shot, and you would rather die than get shot. I'd rather die than get shot. Actually, I don't know. I wonder what being shot feels like. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. I didn't, didn't, I mean, how many times did T.I. get shot? Once? I think he only got shot once, I think. Because didn't say get shot nine times? Yeah, it was
0: not famously. He made, he made a whole fucking video game.
1: Series out of being shot nine times, <laughs> he did. I believe he could, in, in the game he could only take nine bullets and he would die. That would be so good if that were true. But I'm pretty sure in that game you can take like a thousand bullets.
0: That game fucking rules. you go. Like, yeah, you're like Superman in that
1: game. You can just walk yes. over and
0: kill everyone they there trying to fill you with bullets.
1: Oh, do you remember the Fiddy Zone? Yes. Where if you got close to a person and meleeed them, you would go to like a black, like space, just yes. a blank void in, in nowhere, you and then would just a like destroy a them. Space
0: pocket, and you would just rip their <laughs> spine out. <laughs> it would, it never got old. That game fucking yeah. rules. Fitty said no ego problems
1: at all. Regular down earth guy, and, and plus it had the whole G unit as well as your teammates. Yes. And listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you have not played Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand, uh, what are you doing right now? Go play that game, or go watch a a, a Let's Play of it. What's the big I, one? Or also, uh, it's Chip uh, Chip and uh, Ironicus. Yes. Um, or just go watch ATL. Yeah, watch 2006 movie ATL. It's Same experience.
0: Yeah, group of high school friends get together uh, after uh, graduating. You know the rest. Everybody's seen the movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. We've all seen them. Anyways, that was the Elaine podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. You can find me on Letterboxd at
0: Knazer. K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. Our art is done by Marcus
1: Barkley, who is not here right now.
0: Yep. Dry podcast. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been on episodes of this show before, especially our movie reviews. Um, he has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling in the road from the south. So if that sounds interesting, go check it out.
1: You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Fuck
0: Tom Brady and the movie First Reformed.
1: We've stopped trying to solve our problems; we're just trying to outlive them.
0: And from New Orleans to New York, that's Elenio's. Ah, uh, damn it! <laughs>
1: from New Orleans to New York,
0: that's Elenio's podcast, baby.
1: We're out, out.